Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Michael Barrison, who is charged with the attempted murders of Lauren Kanarek and Robert Goodwin in Long Valley, New Jersey. Kanarek was struck in the chest by two bullets from Barrison's weapon, and as it was undisputed that Barrison fired those shots, his legal team argued that he was not guilty because he was legally insane at the time of the shooting, and in the alternative because he fired those shots in self-defense. In our last episode, we examined the testimonies of three of the medical professionals, two paramedics and one physician, who treated Michael Barrison for his injuries in the aftermath of the Canrac shooting. On today's installment, we look at the testimonies of three more medical professionals who treated the defendant as well as the questioning of another member of the Washington Township Police who worked the case. That's all coming up, right after the break. 2022, and after Judge Stephen Taylor invites Edward Belinkus to call his next witness, Belinkus requests that Lisa Campo come to the stand. Miss Campo appears to be in her 60s. She has long brown and blonde streaked hair and wears a black pantsuit and a black v-neck blouse. Belinkus again begins by asking the witness about her employment. What do you do for a living? As of today, I'm retired. Directing your attention back to uh, August 7th, what were you doing? Uh, I was working as a physician assistant at Marstown Medical Center. And can you give the uh, jury a little bit of your background? I was employed at Marstown Hospital since 2009. I worked in the orthopedic department and covered orthopedic and orthopedic trauma patients. All right. Directing your attention to August 7th, did you have an occasion to treat Michael Barrisell? Not that I recall, according to the notes. Okay. Yes. I'm going to show you what's been marked D600-2, and I realize it's a couple of years ago. Can you take a look at those notes and tell me whether or not that refreshes your recollection as to whether or not on August 7th you were working and treated by the barrister? According to this, uh, yes, I'm the author of this note. I was present in a trauma room for a trauma patient which arrived in the emergency room. I was doing a consult for the orthopedic surgeon who was on call for trauma. And did Look, you see? Did looks like at the time the patient came in, he was not identified. Therefore, the note says that the patient is a 119-year-old unknown, and that's typical for someone who is a trauma patient to come in until they are identified at some point down the road. All right, so whoever you were treating on that day, did you notice any uh, injuries to him? According to the note, patient was complaining of elbow pain. Says that there was multiple abrasions, scratch marks about the chest, back, and left elbow. With regards to the physical exam and in talking to him, 
What, did, if anything, did you note? I noted that the patient was awake. He was only oriented times one, which means he would recognize his name. Other than that, he was confused. If he was not oriented more than times one, that means he really didn't know where he was or what date it was at the time of his arrival. I wrote in my note that he was confused and speaking and complaining of significant chest and left upper extremity pain distress. Uh, did you notice any uh, puncture wounds on his body? According to my note, it says there was a puncture wound and scratches along the left dorsal elbow and a significantly obvious deformity of the elbow. Uh, with regards to the chest, what did you observe? I see no obvious deformity. There were multiple scratches and abrasions and a possible puncture wound in the left flank. I've nothing further. Judge Taylor invites prosecutor Christopher Shellhorn to question the witness. Cross-examination. Ms. Campo, you don't specifically remember treating Mr. Barrison? No, I do not. No further questions, Judge. As Judge Taylor moves to excuse the witness, Edward Belinkis rises to ask one more question on redirect. All right, thank you, ma'am. You Judge, may fight. Just one other question. Irrespective of whether or not you remember, whoever you treated on that specific day, you observed what you've testified to, correct? Absolutely, yes. Belinkis calls Audrey Huber as his next witness. Like Miss Campo, Miss Huber appears to be in her 60s. She has brown hair and sports dark brown glasses. She wears a beige sweater over a white blouse. Again, Belinkis begins by asking the witness about her employment. What do you do for a living? I am a, a director of a nonprofit organization in Long Valley, the MBCA. Directing your attention to uh, August 7th, 2019. Yes. Uh, what were you doing? I believe you're referring to the first aid squad call. I'm a volunteer member of the Long Valley First Aid Squad. So I was going to the call. Okay, and how long have you been a member of uh, uh, that first aid? To this point, 18 years. 18 years as of? Now. Now. All right, so approximately 16 years at the time of the incident. Correct. And, and have you had any particular training? Be a first aid uh, responder? Yes, I'm a certified EMT in the state of New Jersey, which means I did, at the time I went through the class, it was about 110 hours of training, 10 hours of volunteer time at the hospital, and we do continuing education classes to recertify for three years. Okay. On that day, did you respond to a 411 Mill Road? Uh, West Mill, yes. Okay, and, and when you got there, did you have an opportunity to observe my client, Michael Barrison. Yes. Did you treat him on that day? Yes. Blinkis then hands Miss Huber the paramedics report that she filed for that day, and the witness begins to recount her memory of treating the defendant on the day of the Canarac shooting. We got to the scene. There was a lot of activity. The person that came with me in my ambulance went to treat the young lady. They had enough people there, so I looked over and saw Mr. Barrison sitting against a tree uh, with an obvious facial injury. And, and did you observe any injuries to his arms? I saw that in the report. Yeah, I did not recall that before I read the report, but yes. Okay, but now that you've read the report, yes. refresh your mm -hmm. recollection? And yes. What, if anything, you observed with regards to his arm? That came a little bit later. As I stated, he was handcuffed at the time. My initial observation was the blood that was running down his face. The arm we tended to a little bit later when two members of the Atlantic ambulance squad came over because I didn't have enough equipment there. And, and how would you describe what you observed regarding his arm? 
I don't recall. It, it was deformed, and we did splint it later, according right. to the report. It didn't stick out in my mind, honestly, as much as the facial injury. Uh, do you recall seeing any injuries to the inner left thigh? There was, it looked like a dog bite. And where was that located? Inner left thigh, along with various lacerations. Now, during your treatment of him, did you ask him what happened for the purpose of using that as far as your assessment? I don't recall. Do you recall him saying? Judge, I'm she doesn't recall. Okay. She can refresh her recollection. You can't just read from the report. The report's not in evidence. Okay. Can you uh, please look at your report? Yes, sir. And, and I'm going to refer you to the second uh, paragraph in the narrative. Mm -hmm. Did you ask repeated questions to Mr. Barrisell? No, sir. He asked repeated questions to the crew. Okay. And what did he say, if anything, about the incident? I don't remember everything he please said. Please refer to your report and see if that refreshes your recollection. Oh, he remembered his birthday at one point. He did not remember the incident. Judge, Sorry. Just so the record's clear, Mr. Blankus was pointing to a specific line in the right. report. It's to refresh your recollection. Right. The report's not in evidence. Does it refresh your recollection about what he said regarding remembering the incident? Not really, but okay. if I wrote the report, it's true. Right. Okay. Okay. I have nothing further. Judge Taylor invites the prosecutor to cross-examine the witness. Mr. Shellhorn. Uh, Ms. Huber, what does LOC stand for? Loss of consciousness. And did you indicate in your report on the top section that there was a head injury without loss of consciousness? Correct. No further questions, Judge. Thank you. Before dismissing the witness, Judge Taylor asks her a few follow-up questions. Where was that information? Where did you get that information from that you put in your report, that there was a loss of consciousness? We have a system where that we use for writing reports, and mm -hmm. there's a drop-down menu, right. and that best described what the incident was. Okay. But but specifically, the uh, you indicated there was not a loss of consciousness? Not that I could know, right. yes. And is that is that determination based on your interaction with Mr. Barrison at the scene, or do you get that information from other sources as well to put in your report? I don't recall, honestly, Your Honor, what transpired as far as my asking the questions. It, it is a question we usually ask, but I don't recall specifically asking it in this case. Somehow I knew. Either somebody told me or Mr. Barrison himself told me. Okay. All right. Thank you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. As his next witness, Michael Barrison's attorney, Edward Belinkus, calls Dr. John Biscara. Biscara is a thin, clean-shaven man with dark, slightly graying hair. He sports wire-framed glasses and wears a gray suit with a light blue spread-collar shirt and a gray, blue and white striped tie. Belinkus once again begins with questions about the doctor's professional experience. Where were you employed, sir? Uh, Morris County Correctional Facility. In what capacity? I'm the jail psychiatrist. And, and how long have you been in jail? Since January 2016. Now, can you give the jury a little bit of your background? 
your education and experience uh, prior to August 2019? Yes, I completed my uh, psychiatry training in 2004 and uh, at uh, Thomas Jefferson University. And in 2006, I finished my uh, child and adolescent psychiatry training at uh, New Jersey Medical School here. Directing your attention to August 20th, 2019, uh, did you have an occasion to uh, uh, talk to my client, Michael Barrasel? Yes, yes. What was the purpose of that uh, discussion? Oh, I was referred by the staff because he... It's this guy if I refer to my notes. Yeah, he was, had been complaining of... Yes. Uh, so. did, did you um, author a report, doctor, Oh, based on your interactions yes, with yes. the defendant? Yes, yes, yes. And was that done uh, around the same time, yes, contemporaneously yes. with your interactions with the defendant? Uh, it was, yeah, after I saw him. Yes, yes. Right. And do you need that to refresh your recollection about specifics of your interaction with the defendant? Yes, I, I have All a right. copy. Or you, okay. Have All right. We're going to have that. Has it been marked, Mr. Belinkus? Just for reference uh, for the record. Okay. Yes. What's the exhibit number? 600-6. Oh, okay. That's the same. Okay. But Dr. Ruff, as a psychiatrist, did you ask Michael Barrison about the events uh, that occurred on August 7th, 2019? Yes, yes. Was he able to remember or respond uh, to your questions regarding the actual event? He told me that he couldn't recall what happened, so... No further questions. Judge Taylor invites the prosecutor to question the witness. Mr. Shalhorn, any cross? Dr. Biscara, can you describe the nature of your examination? Was it a forensic examination? No. no. Was it a clinical examination? Yes, yes. yes. And, and how did you gather the information that you needed to treat Michael Barrison on August 20th? Oh, uh, we just met in um, the examination room, and um, as based on it, his self-report, his, his uh, the interview. And based on your conversations with him, did you note any delusions with his thinking? Uh, no, no. Did you mention anything during the course of the interview with you about being fearful or scared? Yeah, let me just refer to him. He just, he just said that his, he had been very nervous, you know, his mind was racing, whatever. Did you note in your report uh, that he was acting apparently impulsively with this recent violent behavior? Well, this, that's also based on the report, just uh, of what he told me, what happened. Right, so, so you wrote that based on what he told you? Yes, yes. You, you indicated that he had apparently acted impulsively and violently. Oh, did I put that in my... Yes, yeah, yes. Where it says diagnosis, what does that uh, mean where it says rule out amnesia due to head trauma? No, it's just to, because one of, of the two complaints, one was anxiety, the other one was forgetfulness, so I just... To, you know, a possible explanation of what he's saying. No further questions, Judge. Judge Taylor excuses Dr. Biscara and then invites Edward Belenkis to call his next witness. The defense counsel requests that Thomas Fellini come to the stand. Belenkis again begins by asking about Mr. Fellini's employment. Where are you employed, sir? Washington Township Police Department. And how long have you been employed by them? Uh, 20 years. Directing your attention to uh, August 7, 2019, uh, were you the affiant of a search warrant concerning this case? Yes, I was. Can you explain to the jury what an affiant is? <clears throat> an affiant is an officer who collects all the information from the incident that occurred, responds to the prosecutor's office, fills out an affidavit stating what is required to investigate the incident, and we draw up an affidavit of warrant, and a judge reviews that, signs that, and that enables us to collect the evidence we need to do our investigation. In this particular case, you were 
conferring and consulting with the Morris County Prosecutor's Office, correct? Correct. And after that consult, you swore to and submitted your affidavit, correct? Correct. Now, did you request uh, to search any vehicle based on the information that you had had? Yes. What vehicle and who did it belong to? After Belinkus hands the witness a copy of his report, Mr. Fellini answers the question regarding the vehicle searched. The silver Dodge Ram pickup with the Florida registration. And why did you include that in your affidavit? It belonged to the suspect, Mr. Barrison. And were you aware that there were two other vehicles and a trailer parked in the immediate area close to Michael Barrison's vehicle? Yes. Did you attempt to get a warrant to search those vehicles? No, we did not. Did you request to search various telephones? Yes. And what telephones were they? There was a black Samsung Galaxy S7. Who did that belong to based on your knowledge? Uh, Robert Goodwin. Any others? Uh, yes. There was a white iPhone with a pink case. Belonging to who? Believed to be uh, belonged to Lauren Canarac. And then there was a white iPhone with no case. Weren't sure who that belonged to. It was in the area of the incident. There was in, uh, another iPhone that was taken from Mary Haskins Gray at police headquarters. That was all the phones. Did you request the swabbing of any person's hand for gunshot residue? Yes. And whose hands did you request the swab? Michael Barrison. And, and why did you request that Michael Barrison's hands be swabbed for gunshot residue? Due to information at the scene, we were advised that he was the shooter. And, 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 and what does gunshot residue have to do with Michael Barrison's hands, if anything? It would prove that he had shot a weapon, shot uh, a gun. Did you ask to swab any other person's hands on that day? No. To your knowledge, was any gunshot residue testing done on anyone in this case? No, I don't believe so. Now, in your affidavit, you put information that you received from various witnesses, correct? Yes. And is it correct that you indicated that Goodwin only Presumably, Prosecutor Shellhorn was objecting to the prospect of Edward Belinkus trying to lead his own witness through his questioning. After the conference, Belinkus resumes his questioning. Corporal, did you talk to Robert Goodwin? Yes. And did Robert Goodwin tell you that he only heard again. It's again. This is your witness. You can't lead your witness. What did Robert Goodwin tell you with regards to whether or not he actually saw versus hearing the gunshot? I have in my affidavit basically what he had uh, stated to me that day about him. He was on the porch, and he turned to enter the residence, and heard a gunshot and turned back. And looked at turned back or turned around? Turned, turned around. Turned to walk back into the residence. We reported he, Lauren Canarac walked over to speak to Barrison. Whether this is refreshing his memory or whether he is, right. it, it appears he's reading, and I don't know if that's from his memory or not. Are you, I'm, I'm referring to my report. To refresh your memory? Or do you have no recollection of it and you're just reading from the report? Oh, There's just, a difference. I was just reading, I'm sorry. My recollection would be that he explained to me that he turned to go back into the residence and then heard the gunshot, turned back, and observed uh, Mr. Barrison shooting or No further questions. Judge Taylor invites Prosecutor Shellhorn to question Corporal Fellini. Cross-examination. Corporal, you have D-10C in front of you? Yes, sir. 
And that's a copy of the affidavit that you submitted to Judge Ironson on August uh, 7th, 2019? Correct. Is the information contained in that based on a full and complete investigation? It was a quick investigation at the time in order to get the information I needed to quickly obtain the rest of the information through the affidavit. In other words, you can't conduct any search at the property until the judge authorizes a search warrant? Yes, correct. So you didn't take the time to conduct a full and complete investigation before you submitted this to the judge. It was just based on what you knew at the time. That's correct. Now, you were just asked some questions about speaking to Robert Goodwin. Yes. Where did you speak to him? Uh, I was in front of my patrol vehicle at the scene. And can you describe what your recollection of the scene was? Was it chaotic? Yes. Were there a number of police officers there? Yes. Both from Washington Township and other agencies? Correct. I believe Chester, one of the Chester Police Departments was there at the time? I believe so. The Morris County Sheriff's Office? Correct. A yes. number of different ambulance companies? Yes. And did you see Ms. Kanarek had been shot? Yes. Did you see her receiving medical treatment at the scene? Yes. How would you describe Mr. Goodwin's emotional state at the time you were talking to him? I was tending to Ms. Kanarek when I first got there. And when she was taken away is when I went to talk to Mr. Goodwin. During my care of Ms. Kanarek, he was frantic trying to get to her. And one of our officers was basically holding him back and speaking with him to keep him away so we can care to her. At the time that you were speaking to him at the scene in front of your patrol car, was he somewhat difficult to follow what he was saying? Uh, yes, he was still frantic. She was on her way to the hospital and he just wanted to get to her. Did you record that statement? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Are you aware that he was taken from the scene back to the police department for a formal recorded statement? Yes. Now, I think you were also asked the question about making an application for a search warrant or for permission to search specifically the silver pickup truck? Correct. And was that based on information you received during the course of that limited investigation that Michael Barrison had driven to the scene in that pickup truck? Yes. In your affidavit, did you ask in paragraph five for authorization to search any other items relevant to the investigation and crimes described herein that a complete and thorough search will reveal? Yes. So you didn't list every single item, vehicle, location on that 50-acre property in this search warrant affidavit? No, I did not. Just based on what you knew at the time you applied for the search warrant that afternoon, what you were specifically aware of that needed to be searched? Correct. No further questions, Judge. Thank you. Judge Taylor asks Edward Belenkis if he has anything further. What? Any redirect? Yes, Corporal, with regards to this catch-all phrase the prosecutor just brought to your attention. To your knowledge, did you ever search Robert Goodwin's vehicles or his trailer? No, to my knowledge, I, I so did not. Even though technically you could, based on... Well, let me see at sidebar. After another brief sidebar conference, Belinkus asks the final questions of his redirect examination of Corporal Fellini. Corporal, is it your understanding that you can search a vehicle unless it's specifically mentioned in a warrant. What's your understanding? You're talking about the, the current application you're talking, not, not generally, just he's, he's asking you about the current search warrant affidavit and the warrant that you received. The warrant that I received. That gave you the authority to search Robert Goodwin's two vehicles and the trailer on the property? Yes. To your knowledge, were they searched? That I could not tell you. Did you seize the camera that was looking directly at the location. Objection. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Belenkis, no just, just 
Just ask a question. Don't editorialize, please. Did you put in the affidavit to search things and seize things, any cameras? Yes. To your knowledge, did they seize any cameras? No. Nothing further. And with that, we conclude this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Michael Barrison. Join us on our next installment as we examine the testimonies of two equestrian colleagues of Michael Barrison, as well as the first behavioral health professional to perform a psychological examination of the defendant after the Canrac shooting. If you'd like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. 